You're very welcome to episode 14 of LOI Weekly and today's show is going to feature Shamrock Rovers Sporting Director uh, Stephen McPhail, one of the finest players to grace the League of Ireland. He's going to join us in studio and after that Neil MacDonald, the new Limerick manager, has helpfully uh, decided that he's going to take a call from LOI Weekly and as usual we're on SoundCloud, uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podcast Republic and we are in association with Independent.ie and Air Sports and Daniel MacDonald, it's good to have you on for week 14. We're going to miss you next week. Yeah, well, I mean, I might call in. Well, I'm going to be in New York for the Ireland, uh, Ireland Mexico game next week. So, um, are you excited, or is it kind of just another? I know, know I'm always excited about going to New York. I mean, New mm. York's a fantastic city. Um, obviously, if it's an international week. Uh, must mean the Dock and Cork are playing, and sure enough, they are. They are next week. So uh, you come in really gonna, fired gonna, up on this. Gonna, show. gonna miss that. Yeah, it's a frustrating. Uh, I let, let's know. just let, let, let yourself go there. I'm just in, just in bad form, really. I Tell mean, me why. Well, okay. Now we're just coming in off the back of two rounds of fixtures. I know we're going to speak about them when 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 Stephen joins us, and we'll go through so many games, and we'll obviously preview later on. Speak to Neil McDonald. Um, I always find this an interesting time of the year because the Premier League stops and um, you know football continues here for the summer, and obviously um, there is always an element here of okay, let's. There's an element of of the, of the spotlight comes your way. Okay, there is a couple of internationals coming up, as I say, and um, but then in like sort of June, July, with the European games, there's sort of a window of opportunity there to maybe push it to people and, and get some bodies in who maybe are missing football because, you know, there's no Premier League sort of in their structure every week. And what's happened? So, well, it's just, I think the optics, the timing of it is wonderful. That then on, on Monday, the first day after the end of the Premier League season, the big FAI announcement is it's Manchester United Sampdoria friendly on August the 2nd. Um, and, okay, I mean, in, in some ways that's fair enough. I mean, the, the FAI have a job to do in terms of finances. If their financial reports are, are negative, uh, the likes of myself and other reporters will say, well, you know, could you have done more? And um, these games are revenue generating. Um, but there's just something annoying about, you know, this is possibly a week where you would want some direction from the top with regard to the league. A bit of, you know, a marketing push, you know, whatever it might be to say to people, listen, football doesn't have to be over for you now for the next couple of months. Get out there. And instead, um, we have this fanfare around a friendly between Manchester United and Sampdoria, which is fine. It'll do quite well, I'm sure. But there's a lot more to it than that. Well, there is more to it than that. And this is the thing. Well, there's two aspects. One, there was games on Monday night as well, including like Finn Harps and Pats with like 380 people at a, at a Premier Division match. Um, and, you know, so the, the, the midweek games, I guess, are a product of the dysfunction of the league and, and financial issues and, um, you know, even the fact that the Man U and Sampdoria gig was on, we had this elaborate press release, seductive, oh, it's going to be a team with 22 titles between them and then it was 21 titles between them, but even over, drawn out over three or four days, like a promotion, a teaser for this, this announcement. Meanwhile, you know, Monday and Tuesday games, Asher... You know, and we work we, in the media. It does squeeze yeah, out space of course, of course well. it squeezes. And I mean, you know, and that's fine. We work in the media. Like there's commercial decisions that are made there, um, but they're a national association, and when they're the ones that are acting as the sales pushers, it's 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 just a bit different. There is, and then of course, yeah, August the second. Um, is a European week. Let's hope this happens. If, if Dundalk were to get through their first round Champions League game, which may, may seem unlikely on, on current form, given they're going to be unseated, but if they do, um, it's entirely possible that they could be playing a champion. Well, they would be playing a Champions League game that week if they got through. It's entirely possible it would be in, in Dublin. And what did Stephen Kenny say last night? Well, yeah, we, we spoke to Stephen Kenny after the Dundalk Derry last night. I don't think he really wants to get into it too much because he's conscious that, uh, you know, to, to be overselling his team at the moment, and oh, we're going to get there. But you can tell that he's disappointed over it um, and that he points out that they might need the Aviva themselves um, if, if Dundalk were somehow to play Celtic that week. It would be so embarrassing for the hierarchy that they're effectively off sort of peddling tickets for another game. Um, 
when Irish clubs are involved in like a key point of the year, a point of the year where they can really get exposure and interest. And it's not just that. I mean, if any of the Europa League teams hopefully gets through a couple of rounds, I mean, Cork Derry or Shamrock Rovers could potentially be playing that week. And the optics of like the National Association, okay, they'll say, well, the money's going to be spread around the country, you know, for the good of the game everywhere. Fine. But the optics of the National Association being the one that's arranging these games and they'll be throwing sort of, you know, there's some of their marketing resources into these games over the coming weeks in terms of selling tickets, you know, 40 quid, the cheapest tickets for, I think for adults, you know, and, and, and that's going to be a focus. And okay, so maybe that clash won't happen, in which case, is, is there relief then that, that this, this clash hasn't come to pass? I just think it, it, there's just times where you step back from it and go, this is really uh, like we're we're such a very dysfunctional, dysfunctional. league. And we should here point out as well that like uh, I've nothing against people who want to go to this game if they want to pay forty quid to see. And some kids will love going to yeah. see their heroes. I don't. You know, that's fine. I have no issue with that. And um, you know, I, I suppose over time I've I've taken the view that let's promote the League of Ireland. If people want to see other teams. By all means, if they want to follow an English team, no problem well, with that. You, anyone who pays forty euro for an international club friendly uh, is going to be disappointed very, very quickly because mm. no friendly is worth that amount of money because they're never any good. No, no, no none of the recent friendlies have been any good at all. No, but that's that's fine. I mean, definitely, know it's going to make money, and and like there's probably you know there's, there'll be third parties involved, and you know like Shamrock Rovers is having a friendly with Burnley in the summer, and they know. Um, you know, that's actually on a Friday night, and there's an element of, well, you have to suit the schedule of the bigger club and to get the revenue in. And I have no problem really with that at all. Um, but it just seems that bit different when it's a national association, I think, rather than a club. An individual club has costs to meet. For a national association, it's just different. And just this week where the midweek crowds are so bad, really, in a couple of cases, um, you know, way less than a 1,000 people at a couple of games. Draw the Bray, another very bad crowd, I think, as well. And yet... Uh, you know, you look on the even on social media. There's a bit this campaign driving this friendly announcement press conference. It's like, what hope do we have if this is the direction that's coming from the from the top? It's it's pretty deflating, to be honest. It's very hard not to agree with that. Um, but I suppose there'll be a, an element across the league of uh, you know we've been here before and we probably don't expect a great deal else. But uh, we saved Stephen McPhail, your vitriol at the start, but he's joined us now, Dan. He has joined yeah. us. Yeah, he doesn't know what we were talking about, so I mean, yeah. he can't actually offer a view on it. But how are you getting on, Stephen? Good, yeah, all good, busy. So it's been a uh, yeah interesting um, four or five months in the job. So yeah, enjoying it. It's been good. Uh, we were talking in recent weeks about how it's become a young man's game, uh, and you don't see players play to the age you did, even in the League of Ireland anymore, particularly in midfield. How did you find your last sort of couple of years when you were there at Rovers? Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. Listen, it was difficult. Um, my body obviously was slowly. Um, going backwards so um, yeah listen it's uh, something I wanted to aim for is, is that 36-37 mark it was uh, I really enjoyed my football even now I miss it um, try and join as much as possible with the first team of the short numbers um, got, got a game a couple of days ago so um, no I miss it loads so I think you just got to as a player you just got to try and look after your body as best as possible and try and play as long as you can Do you still have that good five-a-side game going between yeah, you could just give people a rundown of the sort of the, the team here. Is it Robbie? Yeah, uh, yeah, we have a good we have a good five or so team. We have actually we brought it into the hall now, so we've got a a decent head tennis uh, competition going on as well. So it's um, yeah, Duffer Robbie, um, obviously the manager Stephen Bradley, Glenn Cronin. So it's a good competition. So it's it's interesting every day. It's not bad. It's not a bad five or so, Johnny. <laughs> to be fair, not bad at all. And. Yeah. Um, it must be hard, I guess, for players, and we had, uh, obviously, Aaron Lennon would kind of bring forward the mental health uh, sort of issue at the moment, but there must be a massive hole there when you finish, and notwithstanding, you may have money, but it's, it's not about money necessarily, it's just about finding something to replace it. Exactly, I think it's something to focus on. Um, my, my sort of retirement coincided with me jumping into this job, I think I only had about three or four days off. That really? Was, yeah, so um, that was something that probably a lot when speaking to players that, that I played with that had retired all we said to do don't don't sit around try and get back in or try and keep your mind occupied um, of, of doing something so when this popped up it was um, not something that I expected um, to, to take on board I must admit I thought maybe more than the coaching side and going back into 
maybe working with the academy teams and trying trying to learn to try it there and, and coaching and managing. But um, this this is something that I had a few weeks to think about and um, sort of jumped in and, and I'm enjoying it. I'm guessing your hours are possibly more demanding now, are they? In terms of the you know two hours for training in the morning and, oh, yeah. and checking out. What what like what is the structure of your week now, roughly? Yeah, um, well the day to day stuff with me and uh, sort of open up in the morning the training ground that. Me and Stephen are in there for about quarter past eight, eight o'clock um, ish. Um, set up, set up for the first team coming in. They arrive in about half nine for eleven o'clock start. So they have the the protocols with the physios and and, and what have you, weigh-ins and all that sort of stuff. So we go through. We have a like a sort of staff meeting around quarter past nine, and we structure what how the training day is going to be, what sort of session needs to be done. Go out, deliver the, the coaches would deliver that. Uh, the manager, Damien Duff, Glenn Crown would deliver that, and then sort of review where we are that week. Who we're playing, go through through um, formations and, and players' wise injuries where we are at. So um, it's a long, long enough day. We, me and Stephen, probably hang around as well. Then we try and jump into the academy, which starts about five o'clock every afternoon. So. Um, and you could be there till nine o'clock at night some days. But really? Yeah, it's yeah. A full so day. I mean, that's it's a full problem. day. Yeah, we try and we try and mix it up. Like today, Wednesdays is a day where we try and stay away and not, not be there too much. I go for, in for a couple of hours. Go this on a afternoon. podcast. Go on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 demanding. Listen, the weekends are busy because we're quite, we're quite touchy with the with the academy side of things. We we feel that we need to develop that as much as possible so we try and help Shane Robinson with, with that sort of thing so it's uh, it's busy it's seven days a week but it's uh, it's enjoyable and just we, we'll briefly go through the results from last week and uh, we'll take it from there and we we had Bray losing at home to Bowes without uh, Gary McCabe who of course was on the show earlier in the season Cork Hockey Drogheda um, I, I never remember seeing a game with I think Drogheda had one chance on the highlights and they put that in just to show them having a chance because it wasn't even a chance. It was so one-sided, it was quite worrying. Derry City 3, Shamrock Rovers 1. We'll get to Stephen about that. Um, some very questionable decisions up in uh, Bunkrana. Go United 2, Finn Harps 1. St. Pat's 1, Sligo Rovers 1. Uh, game that I was at and Limerick nil Dundalk 3. And the, the results in midweek, Sligo Rovers 1, Cork City 2. Finn Harps 3, Pats 1. Shamrock Rovers 2, Go United nil. Last night, Dundalk nil, Derry nil. Uh, Bowes lost one, lost two one at home to Limerick, and Bray and Drada uh, drew. Um, so, if I suppose if we just briefly go through the weekend's games first, what happened in Bunkrana? Because look, watching that goal that was disallowed, it just looked. And I'm not into you know giving over referees, but it looked highly questionable. Yeah, obviously I was in the side and ugh, I couldn't believe he gave it. I thought I actually he did give it for me the way he reacted. Who gave it as well? They looked like the the the. Referee gave the gave the goal and the flag went up on the far side, which was for me the wrong call. The the, the linesman's sixty yards away. The, the ref is on the spot, nearly 10, 15 yards away. Disappointing. Watched the back. Terrible decision. Just got it wrong. Completely wrong. Um, that stage of the game would have been two all. We were definitely in the sense. We watched the game back with the, the staff after we were we, we had total control of the game at that stage really so, so disappointing yeah it would have been 20 minutes to go we felt we, we would have been well in the game and looking forward to 20 minutes of hope, hopefully trying to get get the win it, it does seem like things have clicked a bit the last couple of weeks I mean from speaking to people at the game on Friday it sounded like you did play play quite well in the game maybe different to other defeats you might have suffered mm. earlier on that something seems to have just click with this group in the last couple of weeks, doesn't it? Because you obviously went on to beat Galway on Monday and you responded. Yeah, I think the, the big result was was uh, Dundalk. I think that, that gave us a lot of belief. Um, we As a group, we've got really good characters in the group. We, we tried to change that from last year in terms of personnel, moving a lot, a lot of uh, people out and a lot of players coming in. So we're still loads to do, still loads of work to be done, training-wise and, and, and our formation and, and, and patterns of play and stuff. But... I think that the character of the groups was strong. I don't even question that. So it was good that we we, we took some belief from that Dundalk game and, and kicked on maybe over the last four games. I think we've got three three wins. So we just got to keep building on it. We've a massive game against uh, the leaders, uh, Cork and Friday. Something to look forward to. It's probably a free hit at them. Everyone expects them to win. So we go down there, try and set up properly and, and look to take points. And well, the, Stephen Bradley. Bradley is saying, like, uh, you know, Cork aren't as good as Dundalk, which uh, I thought going into the game was quite interesting. Yeah, well, I think we've, we've 
obviously played the two of them, uh, played Dundalk twice, um, Cork once. Dundalk, for me, probably a, a more of an all-rounded squad. But that's just our opinion. Um, but um, just the job uh, John's done down there is remarkable. He's, 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 uh, you don't go and win that many games without putting a lot of hard work in. Uh, really hard to play against, set up really solid. Um, I think they've obviously got... A goal scorer who's in top form. Um, if they keep him, um, they obviously have a great chance of running away with the league. But um, now we feel like we'll go down there and compete. We know we know we did. We did in the first game. We feel I think anyone watched that game would have said we we were the better side. Um, and uh, we look forward to Friday and trying to get a result. Yeah, I was at the uh, Galway United game and just some of your players, Burke, like his touch on the ball, and obviously Dan's a big fan of Brandon Meelan. Gary Shaw's scoring goals. There's like there's a lot of potential there in that Rovers team, and even when you're thinking of going into Europe later on in the summer, like they, they could do some good things. Um, do you feel you just need a bit of time because it, almost like everyone expects immediacy nowadays, where it's like yeah, no, we we definitely need time. Like the, the, them boys you mentioned, are still young young lads as well. We um, we have a little bit of experience, definitely. I think our average age is around twenty one, so it's it's really young, but there's loads of potential in our lads. Um, you talked about uh, Graham Burke there, super footballer, sees the game great. Um, he's come, he's coming into his own still. I think there's loads improving him. He's working his socks off every day. You look at him and you're like, the League of Ireland is lucky to have a player like that who's young and just very talented. Like, yeah, we're delighted to get him. Obviously, it was, it was, it was out of the blue. Um, he, I think he had a chance maybe to go to Holland at one stage and it broke down. So we, we jumped in there and, and we feel we got a, um, a really good player in the hands of trying to tie him down as much as possible because he's one he's an interesting one going forward. So um, yeah, we listen. Brandon's in good form. Trevor Clark's had a, an excellent season. Uh, very exciting player, young player, done well at international level as well. So yeah, there's there's a lot to, lot to look forward to. I, I thought it was interesting when you were interviewed on Soccer Republic earlier in the year. You were saying like, and it was quite fitting at the time when you were young. The the one thing that came into the young player's head was how do I get out of Ireland, and the Rovers project is basically to make certainly an alternative option be there. You know, and when I we do I do the Galway United match program, and all the young guys at under seventeen, under nineteen, their ambition is to play in England. But like Dan, obviously, you look at the the likelihood of that and the alternatives that Rovers are now offering and other clubs. Is that the future? And from under thirteen even up, under fifteen, under seventeen up, where will we be in maybe ten, twenty years time? I hope we'd be strong. I think, listen, we, we've, I hate when people say we, we're going backwards or this, we're not producing players. We will. We'll always produce players. This country's renowned for producing good That's like the senior team. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I think young, young players in this country, I now have the hunger. I've been, I've, I've probably, over the last six months since I got the job, I've, I've been in eight, nine, ten academies all around the world trying to, Trying to see what they're doing and trying to get ideas. Where for did our, you go? Um, I went to quite quite a few in England. I've obviously been to Leeds. Um, went back there. I went to Sunderland. I went to uh, the recent. I went to, to Genk out in, in Belgium, which was really interesting. They do different type of training than than most do. So I was trying to pick up ideas, but I come back to our academy and I see the same stuff, same players, same caliber players, the same. Same caliber of rovers yeah. as you'd see at those yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. In the in the younger ages, from eights, nines, tens, elevens, twelves, that age group is is still fine. We're, we're well on a par. We'll compete. I, I, with, sorry, with so where do we lose they, them then? Oh, not lose yeah. them. It's the wrong term, but is it sort of the contact hours and time with yeah. them when you get the one hundred percent? Yeah, that that twelve, thirteen, fourteen, we we miss out. We don't get them as much as as as, as other countries do. Um, we're trying to change that. We're trying to get in, tap into to skills and trying to get day releases like, like they would in England. So um, I think we just need to, we can't get carried away. We, we are where we are in the chain, but we need to develop our, keep developing our kids. We'll, we'll produce players if we do things right. It just needs, need the opportunity for them to progress in this country first and foremost. And, and if, they, if we can keep them to 17, 18, our best players, and then they move on. That's better than 14, 15 for me. Yeah, that, there's an element of support, I guess, from from Rovers as well, I suppose, to encourage you to go and see these academies. I mean, to be open to ideas from outside outside Ireland. I mean, yeah. are you getting stuff you can bring back from, from there? Yeah, definitely. The board have been unbelievable. They've obviously restructured the whole. They, they need a lot of credit for 
what they've set up for me, like from under eights right through to nineteens, they they want that to be a, a main focus as well as the first team. Um and the restructuring of, of my positions not is a new one. Um hopefully take some pressure off the manager that way and let him concentrate on the on the coaching side of things and right down through the club. Um and we new C CEO, new COO, which is we're all new, we're all young, we're all making mistakes and all learning still, but we're we want to put the hours in, we want to work hard and try and develop the club to, to get to a standard where, where we believe we'll compete um, going forward. What's it like sort of going to work in the morning or whatever and you've got Duffer there and you've got sort of player, I, I think even I spoke to Dave McAllister recently because I know you've had Robbie Keane in training for you a while and the the actual access for young players to come into their daily work in Ireland and have these characters around them, which is something that we haven't, like the League of Ireland was never associated really with former internationals. Mm. It was almost like two different worlds. And what you're trying to do there is sort of bring that knowledge and, and give it to the next generation. Is that something that's real and encouraging aspect of this yeah, project? Th- definitely. That That's exactly what I got involved in. It's, it's trying to give back something to... to to the these 14, 15, 16 year olds that and, and try and set a standard and try and dem- get some demands put on them because I don't think like watching schoolboy football, they they're getting habits, they're getting that time to turn up late, all this stuff. It, it really irritates me and I just wanna try and set a standard. I think having the likes of Dame and Robbie um around the training ground every day lights up the place for, for our young lads. You see them attach themselves to them try and ask questions, try and take stories from them, what they did when they were their age. All that stuff for me is is important that, that we hand down as ex-players and players that are not that long finished. And obviously Rob's still still playing, but he's training and looking really sharp. And they're learning that side of the game as well. Being able to play with him is important. But uh, no, it's just, just trying to lift the standard of, of our place and try and make sure all the little the little details that, that is expected in other countries um, is happening at our place and, and we'll see fruits of that going forward and, and no doubt about that. And the, the coaching, uh, like how, how young is too young almost in terms of getting the player, you know, because I, I always found like, uh, maybe certainly when I was younger, I thought we weren't really coached properly because we weren't coached how to actually just control, to me, was everything about if, if your first touch was good, that created everything, where it was about winning, like. Now, I didn't play yeah. at any sort of decent level, but how young is too young and how do you teach kids at a young age? It's difficult, eh? well, like, there's loads of, there's, you can argue about this all, all day about, when when do you put structure on, on, on a team, what age group? Um, we believe we have our own belief that we, we try and indiv- uh, do the individuals, try and give them the, the most tools, give them all the attributes to be a be a footballer. If that's through their technique, through their hard work, through their um their all around play really, and then try and structure the team in them 10, 11, 12 age groups and, and, and try and fit them in and get them to learn the game. So it's the eights, nines, and tens have, have, have really come on um, over the last since. Well, since I've been been watching, we've put a few little bits of structures. And what's the youngest age of a player that could be at Shamrock Rovers at the moment? Then, like six years of age. Yeah, we have we have a we have a, a junior academy which starts. They just do a weekend and an hour or two. They could be four, five year olds, six year olds. So, what age are you when you started kicking ball? Yeah, well, I would have. I would have just as soon as I start walking. I remember kicking the ball. I obviously yeah. played for Rush Athletic, which is my local team, from under eights to under eight was even at that. Side. Yeah, 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 under yeah. eights to uh, under tens, and then I went to home farm and and and, and grew up there till I was fifteen until I left. So, um, yeah, it's all a bit different now. The the the, the kids now have have a good opportunity, and I think we we need we need to. Try and give them give them all the tools to, to become footballers. How much potential is there in Ireland for a League of Ireland club? Do you feel that it's untapped, and that you know? I suppose when you left us, the league was probably in the doldrums for quite some time, but it seems to be on an upward curve now. But is there potential for Shamrock Rovers, obviously, to play in the Champions League group stages in in the next ten twenty years? I think so. Yeah, I, I, like I go to these places, like Gink and what they've done and what they've achieved. It just looks like where we were maybe five, eight years ago and now they're selling players out of our academy for 14, 15 million. Like it's, it's, it's still, but if you're willing to put the hard work in and, and, and try and think about what you're doing and, and try and get a structure to it. Is that, is that one of the key components of this kind of project that you're, you're going to sell something on eventually 
and it's going to finance basically the future. Well, we we know where we are in the training, and we need we need, we want to get our young players in our first team early as possible. That's that's a huge part why I'm involved. I think we need to give the opportunities to 16, 17, and 18 year olds to play men's football and, and let them let them be seen and let them play European football and 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 that that that's that's obviously where we where the business side of things can come into play if if we can get players away on on as and, and make and make the turnover quicker for the club to produce and, and, and on a business level that that's that's what we have to do because I guess that's what, I guess that's what players and even parents want because I guess you know even at underage level I know there's huge competition between clubs for players and I guess do you and Kendra are like speaking with parents now and stuff and their expectations for their kids and are, are you selling what you're trying to do to them and and how do they respond to that because obviously there's always this culture of England 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 straight away yeah. and yeah there's like listen there's there's loads of rumors going around about our club wanting fees for players to go on trial um fees for, for for this that and the other which is nonsense we we, we don't we don't we, that's that's just obviously what our other clubs, other clubs <laughs> trying trying to store some stuff. Think it's innuendo, on. like yeah, no. Listen, yeah. it's just it's, it's frustrating because we're in we're in the firing line for, for that. We we understand we, we can't stop rumors, but it's not happening. I know it's not. I wouldn't stand in any kid's way of any kid's dream in terms of in terms of that, and we we wouldn't take fees for going and trial. That's nonsense. Like so, we 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 do our business the right way. We'll we, we know if we have an asset, the, the compensation. It's there, it's black and white. We we don't we don't dictate that. So um now going forward as as we said, we just we, we have a head coach who believes in youth has has probably set up our academy which along with Shane Robinson three, four years ago, he understands the system, understands what this club's forward thinking is and how we want to produce um young players in our first team and, and try and build a club that that's sustainable in in a business sense as well. And in terms of the finances, like obviously it's not necessarily your consideration, but how important is it for Rovers to do well in Europe even this year and how important is it to qualify for Europe next year because it can't all be based on, I suppose, the potential for a player to be sold? Yeah, it's big. It's obviously, the, if you get through around, it's obviously the money's, money's huge and, it, it's, and it get to two, it's, as we've seen. It just multiplies. multiplies, It's extraordinary yeah. even yeah. How, how Europe has become so important. We were just talking about this last night. Relative to your league position at home, Europe has just become huge. Huge, yeah. yeah it's, a, it's a massive, it's a massive factor, and obviously how Dundalk and what Stephen and and his team done last year gives, I think it gives everyone hope. Like that's it. Really that's was a seminal standard. thing, wasn't it? it was yeah, it was just, amazing. Like this, I've, I've met Stephen a few times, and the the, the the job he's he's done there, and and how he's produced that 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 uh, run in, in Europe last year was. Uh, amazing, really was a kick of ball of away um, the Champions League. Loads of respect for what they've done. So when gives the whole country, I think was, was behind them and gave all these young players, my little kids, only eight. He was talking about about their games. Everything in skill was about them. So that 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 lifted the whole country in terms of League of Ireland and and pushing that forward. I think gives us all hope. You know, did it, did it? Ha- Sorry, Dan. Did it have an effect um, in terms of because they really approached the games playing playing football? They didn't try mainly European yeah. uh, conquests from the Irish clubs. It was a lot of backs to wall stuff. At the game last night, um, I thought some of the passing Derry produced one of the best I've ever seen in the League of Ireland. Their passing and movement in for two thirds of the pitch was. Truly remarkable. How did you find it yourself, and do you find it's improving gradually in terms of like technical ability and just the commitment to playing the game? I suppose definitely, yeah, no doubt about it. There's, as you said, on that run last year, they 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 passed and passed as good as as most teams they played against uh, Dundalk, and you say your your dairies and stuff. They they played the right way, and um, I think that's that's like uh, we've we always had technical players. We just need to believe in. Uh, Leave them a bit more in this country and give them. The Has that been a problem? I think so. Yeah, I, I, like listen. I, you were one yourself. I probably won that. <laughs> yeah, that that I just love playing football. Of the more touches I got, the more I enjoy it. That, um, but were but, you but stymied by management in a sense of like you were playing to a structure, or was it just that was just a culture? You, you have to fit into a structure. I understand that, but I, I just don't know if we believe enough in in the players that. That should be. I think we sh- we don't promote them enough. We don't. We don't like Wes. We're all raving about over the last. He's thirty. He took took to thirty three to to find Wes. Like it's 
it's wrong for me. You know, we need to we need to believe in these kids when they're 18, 17, let them play, let them enjoy the football, let, let them uh, take over games and, and dictate games and learn the game, playing football the right way. That's, that's how I see it. So do you, do you believe there's such a thing as an Irish style of play? Because there's always this... Oh, we'll we'll always have that, won't we? We'll always have that culture of wanting to win and desire. And I don't want to take that away from our kids. That's 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 one thing. I, I, like I go to academy football in England and I hate to watch games and it's six, seven, it's four, five, all games are, no one wants to win, no one wants to grit in, there's no 2-1 victories, it's, it's it's a bit false for me, that yeah. academy style, so it's trying to get the balance between not 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 dictating the, on the result, but having that, it's getting the right balance and the right age group to buy into, right, you're in a team now and you need to, we need to structure this team, you're an individual that likes to football, you're in this team still to work hard and get the ball back as well. So it's, it's trying to get, get marry them things together at the right time. And but we, we can't take away our culture. That's that's what we, that's what we, why we're so good. Did you find uh, I suppose when you came back that this is something that other players might do now, uh, coming back in their thirties and playing the League of Ireland after what in your case is a long career in England? I hope so. Yeah, listen, it's 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 a really good level. Like the the European games are. I really enjoyed the, the last couple of years playing in Europe, and um, yeah, I hope so. I hope, hope. The, um, I just feel it's it's a duty to give, to give something back. Like it's it's we left this I left this country twenty years ago. I'm back now a couple of years, and I, I love it. I love coming back. I love the kids. Still have the same banter and the same dryness. And <laughs> uh, Dublin, it's it's. Uh, I forgot how, how how good it is really when you when you're away for that long. I just. The hunger and desire still in their kids. I look in their eyes and now they want to be footballers. So that, that's that's a good thing. Because isn't that ultimately the thing? That, I mean, you know, Irish people quite like living in Ireland. Like they like yeah. coming home. And that if you offered something for players to come back at a certain stage, okay, they're always going to go for the real riches and yeah. for the you know. But that if you had something here, lads don't necessarily want to stay away and drop down the divisions and sort of go to Rotherham and go to various places for a couple of years. Yeah. It's good to have an option of some kind here for them, isn't it? Definitely, yeah, 100%. I think that's... that's, And it, it needs to be at a standard where, they, where they've where they been. England's really good standard down, down the league, so if we can get our stuff in shape and we bring them around and show them our structure day-to-day and how it's going to be. It's not going to be any way different than a championship team or a League One team. They'll come home. They, 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 they usually, they will in them 30. They, they might have a, an Irish wife or an Irish girlfriend that will want to settle here. So we need to draw back as much much as that experience as possible. Is that the big thing about even just having your training ground facility as well? Yeah. Having something to show off to someone rather than sort of come out to the AUL here and there's six yeah. other teams training there. Yeah, that's huge. Like that's something that obviously we're trying to trying to achieve in, in our new uh, grounds in Roadstone. It's important that we, we, we see that out. I know it could take some time. It might be two years along the line when it's all wrapped up and finished and we're happy with it. But um, at least we have our own base. We'll be, we walk in there and it's Rovers and it's from under eights to first team. We're all there together. We come off the pitch sometimes when we're when we're doing warm downs on a Saturday and the under eights are coming in and our our first team players are setting up the pitch for the under eights. So that's great. That, that's important, and I, I want that to continue. That's something that um, I, f- I feel is, was totally missing the, the last couple of years when I when I came home and there was no togetherness in the club. There was no no uh, under eights now the first team, no under tens. No. So now we're see- seeing that happening over the last six or eight months, which is which is great. It's a community club. Yeah, we f- we feel we're together. We're f- slowly. It's going in time. It's going to get better because the facilities are going to get better. We're going to work on that. We're trying to. What will also be when it's finished? Then we're just trying to improve. Like our next step, we've got like three um, some phases. We're in phase one, which was the all weather. I think and you've been up yeah. there. Um, it was opened about maybe four or five months ago. So that that was was a big one because we we could get all our teams back back under the one one roof because we're. Our under eights to twelves were, were somewhere else. Our first team were in the AOL. It was madness. It was we were all over the all over the the city. So we, there was no togetherness in that. So that that's happened. And um, the next one's trying to trying to work on our grass pitches. Is tr- trying to redevelop that. Trying to really get that up to a standard, which is which is top draw with drainage and and uh, sprinklers and have full eleven a side pitch, nine a side pitch, um, and then we work on a bit. 
trying to get a training ground building together, which which we've already applied for planning and it seems to be going through. So we're in the process of trying to trying to establish our own base, our own building, our own facilities. That's ours, and that we we work. Everyone works out there. And when the first team trains, do you put on your boots? Yeah, yeah, I try and do as so much as possible. are you kind of trying to stay away or trying to go in? No, no, I'd, I'd be around, you know. Try, if, if someone drops down with an injury, I'll jump in. <laughs> so you're okay, so yeah. you usually have a fight with Duffer because Duffer's... He's still oh, involved, is he? Oh, he loves it. He just can't, can't, can't get him off the pitch. He just, he'd stay out for hours on his own, running around and playing with the ball. So. Is, is he still renting five-a-side pitches on his own? Yeah, he's, I think he's, he's got his own Astro open in Roadstone now, so he's happy. Just goes <laughs> in there and just kicks the ball away for a while. It, re- yeah. it really is amazing. Like, and um, Is there any sense that like there's a... A hierarchical problem that like you you might kind of step in Stephen's toes or somebody else might step. Are you all just happy family? No, we we get on like listen, we get on great. I, me and the man uh, manager Stephen, we're together too long probably every day. <laughs> like you know, it's uh, last night we were up and draw to watching a match. We're always together, but we're on the same. Like listen, we argue and we I'll say my point, and he he'll ask me actually because I, I don't put too much on him. He asked me my point. And he'll disagree, and we'll, we'll get on with it. We're, we're good mates. Um, we walk. We, we share an office probably this size. Um, myself, Damien, Stephen, Glenn. Um, he always had a, the goalkeeping coach. Um, Darren Dillon, the fitness coach, and, and the physio Tony McCarthy. And we're really together. We, we, we have the doors open. We, we come in. We everything's there. What we want to do and it changes every five minutes. Someone will say, "No, we should we should go this way," and we look, we'll 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 bang our heads together and we'll uh, agree with it along the way. But we we're all good friends. I mean, do you are you there to, in some ways to lighten the load on Stephen too? In terms of are you a buffer for him? In terms, of, I don't know, speaking to the club about yeah. stuff. You want to arrange. A, friendly or a trip or something like that or exactly that that's that's really my job you know is trying to take all the the stuff that just let him concentrate in the coaching you know that's what he's what he's employed to do he's really really good on the training ground he sees the game really well he's he's going to be a top top uh, coach there's no doubt about that he's he's young hungry he's works his socks off you have a lot of faith in him yeah yeah i know like he works so hard like he's Torn me back, and he's he's in with you on the tens at seven o'clock at night. It's like, come on, you need to go home at some stage. He just mm-hmm. loves coaching, loves the the adrenaline of being on the pitch with the players. So that that for me is 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 uh, why he's going to be so good, and, and his knowledge of the game. He's, he's a good footballer, knows knows the tactics of, of the game, and and he looks looks outside the box for me. But um, yeah, so that that's that, that's more or less answering yeah. your question. Dan is trying to take all that stuff away, obviously. We need stuff like high-profile friendlies to, to keep us ticking over financially. We need we need um, everything to, behind the scenes to be to be in check um, to try and keep keep the, the the club on the business side going as well. So I try and relay that to the board. I go I, I report to the board on the football side of things. Stephen doesn't have to do that. So contracts I try and look after that side of things for him as well obviously we we speak if he's looking for a right back and he wants me to go and watch a right back I'll go and do it or a left back whatever maybe yeah. wherever he thinks we're short we, we, we'll, we'll go together but are you a good to, judge of a player uh, me I don't know I hope so I've been long enough in the game that I feel like we we look for the same things, which is important. Yeah, you are conscious that I mean it is because of the Rovers' name, and I think Stephen said it himself. I mean, you had a couple of bad results yeah. earlier in the season, and it brings like it brings scrutiny that you mightn't get elsewhere. And is that just something that is part of the territory? Because I think the Rovers' project thing sometimes will be used in negative terms if if the first team results are going badly or they've they've lo- they've taken their eye off the ball because you know they're they're concentrated on the kids. We actually haven't we've. This it's the same budget as the last five managers has the first team the first team stuff we now are at the the, the biggest brand in the, in, in the country and we'll be scrutinised as much as anyone we understand that but our overall picture uh, needs to change and, and the board need to take credit for that they, they we want we need to push it a different way things haven't been working and for this club for the last five years so things needed to change and, and this is what we believe in obviously it's going to take time but we're not taking no way we're taking our eye off the ball with the first team loads of work needs to be done overhauling new players needs time to settle and we still it's only as you said over this last month where the the, 
the formation's really been nailed down. The probably the the players we have some idea of, of where they are now. So it's um it'll be okay. We just need to believe in it and keep keep pushing forward. And there's been a kind of a sense of impudence and maybe naivety in the players as well, like a lot of red cards, maybe a bit of rashness and mm-hmm. like is that just part of the, the growing up? Yeah, I think, I think so, yeah. Like the, the first one first game of the season, Graham was our character, was was one of them ones and he was hyped up. Yeah, hyped up and maybe something that we obviously we can learn from as being in that staff room, maybe getting them uh, that that, that yeah, yeah. Listen, it's it's something that we 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 look at every every department. Maybe that's it seemed to curb down a little bit now, and and everyone's um, really focused on, on these next three games before the break of trying to trying to nail some points in the ball. What can you do in turn across? We can have a right good go at them. That's all. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna try and set up properly. We know we know what they're strong at. We know there was nothing in the game in Tala. If anything, we should have we should have won that game. So um, look forward to it. There's they're in a super run of form. They've really good players. Um, obviously, Ben out the backs, holding together, strong leader, um, and they've a man up front who's scoring goals. So we need, we need to be wary of. And uh, I suppose my final question for you: Where are you going to be longer term? Uh, would you like to be first team coach somewhere or other? Part I, part of the project of Rovers long term. I don't know. Listen. I, I just want to try and concentrate on what I'm doing now. I'd, I'd probably love at some stage to, to manage a coach. Um, I need to probably get on the, on the pitch a bit more than I am. I haven't been on the pitch as much as I'd like to be. And try and learn that side because when you're a player, you, you take for granted these sessions just magically appear in front of you and that, that you can deliver them. It's, it's not the case. It's difficult. Um, so many a time I've, I've gone on the pitch and froze myself as a coach over this last year or so. So I need to learn that side of things. I need to try and develop that. And um, yeah, at some stage I'd like to. Um, if it's here, if it's foreign, still open-minded to, to my career, I know that. I just want to try and help the football club. If I'm here, if I'm not here, that, that it's structured right and, and that there's a good future in it. Great having you on, Stephen, and best of luck for the rest of the season. No worries. Thanks, Thanks Thank you. I always love an old podcast. <laughs> I felt a little bit starstruck there. He was just watching him play. He was just such a baller, and I you failed. can tell yeah. he's just his passion is like uh, still there. I oh, was an excellent player. You know, one of the uh, one of the most creative Irish midfielders that we've had, and probably didn't play enough games for Ireland, I guess. And I guess when he's talking about Wazulahan not being recognised till late in the day, I think you could argue with, with Stephen McPhail as well that he probably should have played quite a few more games too for Ireland. And uh, one of your media buddies now, Kevin Kilban, was extolling the playing ability of our next guest uh, when he was a younger guy, uh, quite recently, uh, the new Limerick manager who's just joined us on the show now. Neil McDonald, yes, Neil McDonald joins us. How are you getting on, Neil? I'm very good, thank you, especially after a great result and a uh, great performance last night, that's for sure. Yeah, Ke- Kevin Kilban reckoned uh, your touch, your passing and uh, your shooting was up there with, like, he really was genuinely saying this lad was an amazing baller back in his day. Yeah, he was a young kid when I was depressed in there, so I tried to uh, help him on his way, and uh, he's done fantastically well in his career, his football career, and obviously he's doing very well in the media as well, so uh, I look forward to catching up with uh, Kev, to be fair. Yeah, he's, uh, he's he's frequently in Dublin nowadays, as were you last night watching uh, Limerick versus Bowes, and it must be a relief just to get a win, because obviously the Dundalk game did went a bit awry with Trevor, um, with your keeper getting sent off rather, but uh, just to get a win in the first week is obviously a bit of a relief, I guess. Yes, it is. Well, it's always important when a new manager comes in to get that first win, and it just reaffirms what you're trying to do, and... Uh, keeps keeps the uh, the players on a on a on a positive footing. Uh, they hadn't won for a fair few games, so it was vitally important that we turned that round, especially after uh, after getting a beat at home against uh, Dundalk. So it was a great team performance and a, and a well deserved victory from uh, spot to finish. What's the last week been like, or last week or ten days or so been like for you, Neil? Because obviously you're coming to a new country, to a new league. You're probably trying to learn about players and teams, and even just probably getting settled in terms of living. You know, and and and, yeah. and so on. How, how have you found that? Yeah, it's been it's been nonstop since I come across on uh, Wednesday night, all the way through to to even today, where it's the, the, the first little break, I suppose, we've tried to get to know the players. Uh, we've uh, tried to put a couple of training sessions in 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 place, even though we've had a couple of games in a short space of time, and another one coming up on Friday. Uh, trying to get to know the area, while well, it's just really been going back to the training ground and back to the hotel, and uh, so we'll we'll. 
familiarise myself with the, the, the surroundings soon. I'm hoping today to uh, go and have a look at a few properties because I want to settle in the area as quick as possibly can. So everything's everything's uh, been uh, non-stop trying to touch touch base with people in, in the media as well as the football club and then trying to watch all levels because I've been trying to watch uh, all levels of the football club as well, 13s, 14s, 15s. I've watched the 17s and 19s. So it's it's been non-stop but a uh, very enjoyable start. And how did this all come about? Because obviously, uh, you, I, I guess you were a slight left field appointment from the perspective of maybe um, Irish football fans. But um, was it something that made sense in your heads? I mean, what did you actually know about the League of Ireland? Well, being brutally honest, uh, being honest, uh, not really much. To be fair, uh, I'm, a, I'm a manager, coach out of work after leaving uh, Hull in January, and I like to work. I've, uh, I've not just. Uh, in the Premiership, I've worked with, worked with all different levels. I've gone to Sweden, I've gone to Jordan. So I like to travel and I like to coach and I like to be on the grass. So there was a position available. Obviously, uh, I put my name forward, uh, come across for the interview, impressed with what they said and how they're trying to portray the football club and how, where they're trying to take it in the future. And uh, wanted to jump on board uh, that to uh, try and help the club get to where they want to get to. And uh, here I am. Uh, not even a week, played two games and met almost everybody in uh, Limerick at the moment. Welcome so to the League of Ireland. It's been fantastic, yes, of course. Um, and you spoke to Big Sam, to Sam Allardyce. I know maybe Limerick's a different club in some ways to what it was when he came here, but he was someone you spoke to at the start of the process. Yeah, well, it, it's a long time ago since he was here. The club's uh, certainly changed uh, since uh, he first started off. But with working with him for 12 years, he always spoke very, very highly of... Uh, his time in Limerick, and uh, he said how friendly everybody was and welcoming, welcoming they were, and they've certainly proved that since I've been here. And as I say, it's nice to be involved uh, uh, with football again, which is great, and uh, Sam obviously wished wish me all the best in, in my start, and, uh, um, you know, long may it continue that uh, we can keep on winning games like we did last night. Do you feel any pressure now? Because he's obviously left Crystal Palace and he says he wants to travel, so he might want the Limerick job back. Well, he, he can't have it. Because <laughs> there you are, big Sam. Are, are you surprised by Sam's news, actually, the fact that he's, uh, he's moving on? Um, being brutally honest, uh, no. I think uh, he has been talking about uh, taking time out uh, to spend with his family and, and doing things where when you're a manager, certainly it's his level. It's 24-7 and you haven't really got much time to do uh, much else. So I think it's a, it's a well-earned uh, rest that he's, that he's having. It remains to be seen whether he wants to come back, but uh, he's going to spend some time with his uh, wife and family and grandkids and uh, it's totally deserved. And that, that's the thing, Neil, as well. Like You can just envisage him like you know um, doing a bit of gardening and just having this kind of moment where he's like, no, I need to get back, play- I need to get back managing. Well, listen, that's, that's, that's himself. He's been managing for a long time. He's been involved in football for a long time, hasn't he? And the, uh, the pressure's come with that as well. So that takes a toll on, on, on your body and mind as, as, uh, as, as well as your family. So it's a perfect time for him, I suppose, um, uh, to, uh, to finish, knowing that he's, he's, he's saved another club from relegation. He's uh, been a manager at all the different clubs and he's always progressed the football clubs that he's been to. So... Uh, well deserved rest and it remains to be seen uh, whether he comes back into it in a later date. Did you have sympathy for him with the way it all transpired over the last year or so? Yes, you have to because um, he worked very hard to, to, to get himself in that position where he was thought of or even um, you know, give, eventually given the job for the England job and, to, and the way it finished it was uh, it was it was uh, really, really bad because he, he worked hard to get there. He, he educated himself. He's obviously trying to push uh, forward the English game in itself. And uh, when you get the top job, that's, that's a dream come true. And to lose it after only one game is uh, devastating. But uh, he's come back and uh, he's proved that he's got the zest. And he's, he certainly didn't have to prove that he was a, he's a really good manager to uh, save uh, Crystal Palace. I think when he went there, everybody knew that Crystal Palace were going to be safe. That a very good squad and he's certainly done that. So he's, he's kept them on a on a very good foot and hopefully they can progress whoever the manager is ne- uh, next season. And you played the champions uh, last weekend. What have you made of the standard of the League of Ireland? Obviously, you're looking at one of the best teams. Yeah, it was it was difficult. I thought the first 20 minutes when we played uh, uh, Dundalk was uh, quite even and we, we quite matched them. But certainly Dundalk was being the champions and uh, one of the best teams in, in the league gives us a, a good idea what the league's all about. They passed the ball really well. They switched play really well. 
uh, and they certainly took the chances uh, very well. And uh, the same with Bohemians last night. They, they tried to play some good football. So if that's the standard, the standard is very good. And, uh, you know, we've, 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 uh, we've certainly matched and bettered uh, Bohemians last night. And uh, that gives me good hope that we can compete knowing that we're a newly promoted team in this in this league and uh, we've got to work extremely hard uh, in matches as well as on the training ground to, to try and improve because there's lots of ways that the team can improve themselves to uh, push on to the next level. Neil, what have the owners and, and sort of the board and people at Limerick said to you down there in terms of what they expect this season? Well, they expect us to, uh, to certainly stay in the league, that's for sure. And um, with the position that, that they were in just before I got here, had aspirations of trying to finish in the top three to try and get into Europe or win a, win a cup because obviously the cup, uh, the cup games are coming up soon. So aspirations are getting into Europe because they've chased it before, but it was a very, very long time ago. But at the same time, not to, not to, not to get carried away thinking that it would be easy. A newly promoted team has to establish themselves in the league, and that's certainly what we've done so far. We've won the first game for the first in, in four or five games, so that that's encouraging. Uh, the lads have obviously took the information I've tried to give them over a short space of time so they can process that into the games. And then hopefully as time goes on with a lots of training sessions and, and finding out how I want to try and play and knowing their role and responsibilities a lot better, then they can progress and we can progress the football club where it wants to get to in the future, uh, competing for the league and then obviously trying to get into Europe, which is a, a massive thing for any Irish football club. Can I just ask, Neil, in, in terms of your own sort of long career as a player, and I know you played for some very big clubs, who were the sort of big managerial influences on you and in terms of the style you want to play um, and sort of the, the brand of play you want to implement at Limerick? Well, I think uh, you're, you're influenced by all the managers that you played under, you know, I think, uh, and then you try and take little snippets off each one and you, tr- you don't try and become anybody. Um, you just try and be yourself and try and use that experience that you've had. Um, good good football and managers who, who put good things into you, into you, certainly into yourself as a, as a person and then give you ideas as, as a coach. So just really trying to... Re- extract as much as you can from everybody that you speak to and uh, when you go on courses to, to talk and how do you deal with things and then you just try and put that into practice and uh, not become anybody else apart from yourself but uh, use 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 the really good influences of other people to try and improve yourself. And did, did you play with Gaza, Neil? I did at an early age, what a player. Um, as a young kid, I was obviously a little bit, I think I was a year older than him at the time and I was in the team. I got in the Newcastle team at 16 he came into the team later on and took the place by storm. I'm sure he eventually, did, yeah. Eventually moving on to uh, Spurs and then obviously the rest is history. But a uh, fantastic young talent with not a care in the world, a lovely, kind and gentle person, but obviously a little bit of a, um, you know, a free uh, free spirit. And uh, he's had a fantastic career, hasn't he? And it's, it's, it's really, you know, from me, knowing that I've grown up with him to what he's doing now, it's, it's a shame on how it's uh, ended up. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he'll uh, get himself uh, together, which he's, he's trying to, and he always has, and uh, he, he'll be fine in the future, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, we, we're all praying that. And uh, another free spirit is Ollie Horgan, who's manager of Finn Harps. Uh, we had him on the show last week. Um, I think you're actually easier to understand than Ollie, but uh, what do you make of the game on Friday night? You're playing one of the struggling sides in a fairly uh, decrepit old ground with a dodgy pitch. Uh, welcome to the League of Ireland again, I suppose. Well, you have to adjust to wherever you go, and. Um, as I say, I'm, 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 I've certainly been spoiled with the, with the stadiums that I've been going to in the past. You know, the, the new facilities and the new grounds and the magnificent uh, places. But at the end of the day, it's the same size pitch, whether the pitch is bumpy or not. And it's 11 v 11. So wherever you go, you've got to try and do your best and uh, find out what the weaknesses are of the opposition and try and exploit them as much as you can by using your strengths. And uh, we'll be certainly trying to do that on Friday against Finn Hobbs, whether the pitch is not very good or the, the ground's quite old, it doesn't really matter. Uh, as soon as we've crossed that white line, we'll be ready and we'll be trying our best to get three points. Top man, Neil. Have a great time for the rest of the season and thanks for coming on. Thanks, Neil. That's great. Good to speak to you. Have a good day. Bye-bye. See you, Neil. Bye-bye. Yeah, the predictions last week, we're, we're actually not fully sure how we got on, but... Uh, I don't think I, I did particularly well, or at least I did better the week uh, before. I think I actually went for uh, Braid to drop points against Bowes. I think you won, though. I think you won, I think went for a draw, though. Bowes actually won the game. 
did we, did we see a change? <laughs> we spoke about this last night that there looks to be a pattern now between the top and bottom half, and it, it's quite possible that the top six as they are now will finish in the top, top six and vice versa. Yeah, and even in terms of goal difference, and and there's just it's. There, there's a clarity between okay it, the it, goal it, difference you said is that they all have yeah it's, it's sort of in, in terms of what a position is in the table it's pretty much in keeping with it you know it's very structured apart from I think Galway and Pats who are, have good goal difference for different reasons Galway because they didn't concede many and Pats because they hammered bows one night basically um, but even like Cork and Miles ahead in terms of goals scored and conceded and Dundalk looked like they're going to be second best um, although I was quite impressed by Derry I have to say in Oriel um, <clears throat> you know, okay, they they certainly set up for the first hour, I think, to be difficult to break down, but they were clever in terms of how they executed the plan. And it really sort of, when you consider that it obviously they were conceding a lot of goals a couple of weeks back. So in fact, Derry games have been entertaining all season, but actually they were pretty very disciplined in the game in terms of keeping their shape and restricting chances. the dog to chances. Yeah, no, there was it wasn't a hard luck story for them though. Not at all. You know, they didn't they didn't create enough chances and really sort of penetrate the Derry and back four or, or, or test Jared Arden enough to say that. That that said, I wouldn't say the dog were dreadful either. It was actually not quite, at all. It was a very good, good game. It was, I a, it was a decent game mm. for a nil all. And by the sense of it, Derry Rovers last week was a good game. So I think when the top five or six sides are meeting we're actually getting some good matches it's just I guess there's that there's that inequality or that maybe and, gap between and, those and to times. be fair to like we're still slightly in two minds about the 10 team league but like looking at Drogheda getting absolutely hockeyed by Cork and some other games I've seen lately and in the stadia like it does kind of open up that you, we need more games like last night whereas Cork playing Drogheda doesn't really do anything and uh, when I see like Finn Harps getting 380 or whatever it was. Oh, well, yeah, and we touched on it earlier. I mean, um, the midweek games are, are bad. The midweek and, games. Look, and, well, also, and also, I must say, like in, in next season, if the, with a 10-team, uh, in theory, there's no there's a debate at the moment about how many league fixtures there's going to be. I gather also there's a proposal in um, for a, a lengthier mid-season break um, on account of the World Cup, which could mean uh, more midweek games. Midweek games. And, and they're That's dreadful. They're no use for any club. Um, they're... You know they're bad, but I have to say as well though we can't just say our oh, bad FEI they should do more for this. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. like there was no Premier League distractions on Monday or Tuesday. You they know, just, just clubs can yeah. do more themselves to sell it. Without and I mean, the GA Championship is back now. Donegal had a big crowd for their game, and maybe Harps are struggling because sure. they're in the shadow of that. Sure. Um, but I mean, there wasn't the, the, the Premier League or Champions League distractions this week, so that that's slightly worrying. I'm going to go through just the fixtures uh, yeah. coming up this weekend, and then we'll have some predictions. Uh, Finn Harps against Limerick, as we mentioned. Pats against Dundalk. Bray versus Sligo, Drogheda United versus Derry, Go United versus Bowes, Cork City versus Rovers, no doubt the game of the weekend. First Division, Athlone Town against UCD, who are hanging on in there in the promotion race. Shelburne against Cabin Teeley, uh, Cove Ramblers against Watford, big, big game in St. Coleman's Park, and the very best to look to both sides there. Watford are two points ahead of Cove at the minute, so winner will go at top. Uh, and Longford Town against Wexford, uh, both struggling at the moment, and Dan. Okay, let's start with in in the order of yeah, these we'll games. Yeah, let's fly Pats, through these. Pat's done dog. <laughs> yeah, just Pat's are conceding bad goals. In fact, I couldn't believe they were three down at half time against. against Neither could Harps. Ollie Horgan. I would have thought. No. Um, he he was at the Bose game with no shoes. On no shoes night. on. I don't know. I believe he trained. He changed into a tracksuit in front, in full view, in front for everyone. <laughs> so he's, he's like, an he's, absolute legend. He's like. a character. But I mean, that's an amazing win for them. I also yeah. think they've got Morrissey back fit as well, who's a very talented player if he clicks. But I mean, that's a big if with him. I think. Um, but he was probably a couple of years ago. He would have had him as one of the most exciting players in the country. So, um, yeah, I I think in terms of this game. The dog have a reasonably good record at Inchicore. I know they, I know they got beaten there last year when the league was won. Two of um, the uh, old Pats boys going back, Hoare and McGrath. Yeah, I, I don't think Pats are going to. Are Pats going to be as disciplined and well organised as Derry were in terms of shutting down the dogs' attacking threats? I don't think they will. In which case, I'm going to go for the dog win. I agree with you. And just watching Pats, I like to see players from sort of. I was actually at three games over the last uh, weekend. Easy known that I've no girlfriend at the moment. And uh, the boy Marky for Pats, what a what a, a talented pass. player. Oh, they have lovely, good players. Player. Um, and and the other shining light in that game was Sadlier, who was absolutely brilliant. Sligo visit Bray. Yeah, so Bray have had a little rough patch by the standards of their season. Um, and you do wonder, I suppose, in terms of pushing on, all of a sudden, like, Derry are, are 
back on track a bit. I've actually had an unbeaten run, I think, of eight games. Rovers are getting into gear a bit. And um, Bray have just rocked at the bad time. I think, you know, okay, they lost home to Bowes, no McCabe in that game. That happens. You know, you just have results like that. But I, then, Drawed is not an I, easy place for No, me, and, and Drawed are, are, although they got completely turned over in Cork, I think they were always probably going to respond by tightening up and being pretty dogged in the next match. Um, God, it's a, that's, a, that's a difficult game to call because Sligo, um, again, they're still trying to figure out sort of what type of side they are under a new manager because they've been slightly erratic. You know, they've been up and down. Brilliant first half by all accounts against Cork. And then, erratic? And then slightly, uh, <laughs> they lost away a bit in the second half. So um, I might go for a draw in that game. An unconvincing draw. According to the papers this weekend, Sligo are erratic and a word that sounds very like erratic as well, but we're not going to get into that because we have to focus on Drogheda. Focus on the football, Johnny. Focus you're you're on better than that. Um, Drogheda v... Oh, yeah, I have to give a prediction here. <laughs> Tough one, yeah. I'm going to go for a draw, Bray and Sligo. Okay. Um, again, uh, obviously, we were at the, the Derry-Dundalk uh, game. Derry now visit Drogheda, and, of course, Kenny Shield joked after us that they were going to stay in Loud for three days. And uh, with Kenny, it was kind of hard to know whether he was joking or not, but obviously he was. Nicky Lowe, I thought He's not was, saying there, yeah. Nicky Lowe, I thought, was my man of the match last night. I thought he was absolutely outstanding. A um, man from the from the sort of sh- small, dogged, sort of a man very similar to yourself on a football pitch, Johnny. I, that's not true at all, actually. I, w- I'm, I might be small and... I wouldn't say I'm dogged. Oh, he's but, he's uh, better on the ball, I think. Definitely. He's very good on the ball. And uh, Derry looked a good side, but Drogheda's not easy. Not easy. Um, but I, I just was impressed by, by Derry overall. I, I, lack I, a striker. Yeah, they lack a striker, but um, I don't know. It's sort of tight enough pitch in United Park. It's not going to be as much of an issue in terms of... Uh, like the pitch looked big for them at times in Oriel. You know, I have but, to say, that surface looks um, very, very playable. It's, it's better, yeah. It's better. I, I think... Derry are capable of playing the game a bit more and draw this half, and in which case um, they have good attack and talent. They they hammered them earlier in the season. McNamee, I think, was was prolific in that game. He was sick the other at the end of the game last night. Didn't look well. He did flu before the game. But I think if he's fine, I'd fancy them to go on and win that. I'm with you on that. Actually, Galway United versus Bohemians. Yeah, I mean, Galway got the job done eventually against Harps last week. It More certainly wasn't as, as yeah straightforward as it would be. Um, I think we sort of called that a bit, that it wasn't just going to be routine, that it's just that bit more difficult when you're playing a team that's down around you. Um, and I think there's an element of that with Bowes as well, that they'll 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 be a tough nut to crack in that game. I'd, I'd be going for a draw there, I think. Should mention the young midfielder Fuad Sule. I think he might be doing exams at the moment, but talking to a few Bowes fans, they see him as a kind he's of a popular, Kante he's type figure. Popular there, yeah. He's uh, he looks like a, a real beast of a little midfielder who's going to get about you. And uh, our midfield is actually playing quite well at the minute. Tentative home win here, but I wouldn't have a lot of confidence. Yeah. So, uh, which brings us along to. By far the big, the biggest game of the weekend, the Turner's Cross, likely the sellout signs. Hopefully so. Hopefully so. I mean, again, there's no major distractions. I think um, probably doesn't matter in Cork at the moment. It shouldn't. Really. It shouldn't. It does occasionally. Well, it does matter. Won on yeah, Sunday. but I mean, they did a great crowd for the Bray game. So really, if they give, you know for Rovers who'll bring away support, you'd imagine it'll be more than that. So still a huge draw, Rovers in Cork as well. Yeah, it is. It is. No, I think that should be. I'd be disappointed if it wasn't full. Really, to be honest. And um, this is a big game for Ronan Finn. Uh, just just watching him the other night, he he had barely knows him for much of the game, and Burke totally outstaged him. He's been in great form of late for. Rovers. Now he's taken on a hell of a Cork midfield, and it's kind of his chance to shine, I suppose, and to do something against a big side. Yeah, I don't know. I have a sneaky feeling Rovers could get a draw out of this game, and they played quite well against Cork earlier in the season. Um, okay, Cork had they, they you know, sort of bashed draw the last week. Now went one down in Sligo, dropped points in Galway the week before. Rovers are pretty confident. Again, like they seem to have put in a few more mature performances the last couple of weeks and if they can be relatively disciplined down there um, they're aside with players in good form you know sort of Brandon Mila and Clark and Burke who's comfortable on the ball and defensively is going to be the problem defensively is the problem but if they can be defensively solid I, I just I mean, it's not really hit. a huge shock if they got a draw but if I was going to call a slight surprise this week it might be that I, I, I can see where you're going, but I'm going to go with a home win just so we, yeah, we can be different. It's pretty and, logical. And what you're saying is spot on. I just I struggle to see how they're going to actually hold on to uh, Maguire and keep him quiet. Um, I think that is 
pretty much it. But we should mention the boy Gaby as well, just before the end of the show, Dan. You were oh, JJ, JJ Gavay, yeah. I was sort of, yeah, he's, um, he popped up. I wasn't sure if we'd gone through all the games there, actually. We can edit that. Was that six games? Yeah, it? that's six games. All right, sorry. I was confused there. We'll just, we can cut that. No, no, yeah, JJ, um, yeah, Jonathan Gabay, our brand psychologist expert, um, <laughs> he popped up on the Sky News coverage of the Pippa Middleton wedding, obviously. Were you aware of the wedding, wedding yourself? I wasn't, I have to say, but she got married Getting there. married, you're picking up, you know, Anthem from am Pippa? I, am I, yeah. Do you remember I'm, Pippa and Home and Away, actually? Yeah, God. She was, she, she was played by two different actors. She was unlucky on the marriage front as well. She her Tom. husbands kept getting drowned. Who was the second geezer? Michael, I think it was. Oh, I thought Michael. it was Tom, no? I think Tom was the first one. Yeah. And Sally and her imaginary friend. Yeah, I don't remember that now, to be honest. Yeah, no. But uh, it's, a, it's a long time ago. But uh, Jonathan actually popped up as a, an expert on the, uh, the Pippa, <laughs> Pippa Middleton wedding. It's obviously... I don't know how he, how he ended up getting him involved. It was like, you know... Well, he made such an impression in Ireland. We need someone who knows things about a sort of a dated collection of individuals. You know, not much succession goes on. Uh, stuck in their ways and they said get someone who's worked with the FBI board and uh, they got they got, they got Jonathan that and was your uh, finest <laughs> moment there in LOI Weekly's 14 week history so far um, uh, but honestly it was great to have Stephen McPhail on and obviously Neil as well uh, wish him the best of luck in Limerick and we are as ever on Stitcher SoundCloud iTunes all the other ones Podcast Republic and uh, we're at LOI Weekly on Twitter We'll be in touch with you on Twitter over the next week um, in advance of episode 15. Because Individually, we'll be in touch with all of you. Just in general. But it's a bit like a succession in, in, in North Korea. There's going to be a period of mourning because you're not here next week. Probably not really that much mourning, to be I'm going to miss you, Dan. I'm probably just going to dial in anyway. I mean, yeah. it's New York. It's, it's Dan. Can I, can I go on the show? <laughs> uh, thanks for listening.